What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Middleton Technologies Maximo. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Welcome back to another week of Ride Share Rodeo. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. This week, I am going to talk to Walt Sage, who wrote a book called Shockingly True Uber Stories. Um, it's out on many different platforms. Um, it's not available in hardback or um, or soft content. You can only do this via ebook or any any of the platforms that supported Apple, Google, whatever. Um, even Amazon, you can buy the ebook. But um or the audio book, whichever you if you want to read it via e-reader or however you want to do it. Um a little bit interesting um that the guy, Walt, who wrote the book, um, and his driver experience has a very unique twist to it. So we'll get into that when we get there. I do want to tell you guys that um, before the new year, I had told you that the Patreon page would be completely set up for Rideshare Rodeo. And it did take me a little bit longer. It has been set up. However, now it is up and running. I only have one level of support, which is $5. I don't have a 5 10 20 25 50 all that stuff. But I do have a $5 level of support. And by giving the support to the Rideshare Rodeo podcast of $5 a month... Um, you can keep this content going. Um, you can get shout outs. Uh, you know, you can have input in the kind of topics we're going to talk about that we'll discuss within the Patreon page. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes. The other thing is that after you've been a Patreon member for, I can't remember, I think it's, we either made it six or eight months, um, you will get a free uh, coffee cup. So really, it's kind of a trade-off, you know. I mean, I'm trying to find deals on bulk coffee cups and t-shirts, two things I'm going to be doing. And uh, and then you'll get that for free by Patreoning. So really, you'll kind of get half your Patreon money back in the in the way of, or a third of it in the way of a coffee cup. And then I'm going to just kind of have bonuses like that. We're going to do some giveaways and things like that that will involve the Patreon members. So I'm really excited about it. It's up and running. Um, I do. Be- I, I'll put the link in the show notes, but I believe it's as simple as patreon.com backslash rideshare rodeo. I'm not looking at this moment, so don't quote me on that and go off the link in the show notes. <laughs> or you can type it in and see if it takes you to the right place. But um, a couple things I want to touch on before we get to the Walt piece. So it appears that Uber has on top of corner shop they have also um partnered with smart and final and this is to expand that corner shop experience and delivery so uber technologies announced a partnership with smart and final today tuesday um what is it january 25th will expand the grocers uh delivery service on the west coast 
Right now, 173 stores in Arizona, California, and Nevada are available for service on Uber and Uber Eats, uh, with all 254 locations slated to be added to the to the service. Alcohol delivery is available in California and will be added across the other two states later this year. So while Uber stocks are slumping pretty hard, um, they're still they're they're now finally dumped off all the crap and junk that I used to you know always called it that they had the technology portions that they really didn't have technology they just had a huge database of 56 million people that they were that they sell off on a daily basis to companies and some of these trades you know only you know you'd only get a partial part of each of the database for the littler things but i think that part of this is you know when they said they're in autonomous and vtol and all this stuff wasn't really that they're a game player or even in the race. They're not even in the top 20, 30, 50 of either of those sectors. However, and they have no technology to offer. They're just kind of copying what others do and just pretending to be in the game a little bit. But I honestly believe that the biggest thing Uber was doing was getting to know the players in VTOL and Autonomous, getting to know who is the game leaders, even though they're in last place in all these type things, micromobility, all this stuff. I honestly believe it's all about selling the database. So when Uber sold, you know, it's, you know, I think it's been through two or three fleets. Let's use the scooters, for example. So when they sold off the original Uber scooters and then brought them back and then got rid of them during the pandemic, and I don't know what they're doing right now, but if they bring them back again, each time they sold off their scooter division to another company where the basically the database was sold from from Uber and that's all it really was. It wasn't like, hey, here's our technology on a scooter that outperforms all other scooters on the road. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, Uber copies everything they do from other people. They don't have any insights on this stuff. They don't, they're not breaking ground in technology. So I know during AB5, they really branded themselves as a tech company, another t- PR stunt that Uber does often and that they absolutely did during this time. But I'm now seeing what's happening and what they're doing is they're just uh, they're basically when they make these deals it comes down to how much of the database are you getting? Are you getting all 56 million plus users and uh drivers on the platform's data? Maybe they're just selling that and it has nothing to do with that other than just kind of like a marketing thing where you're just showing up at marketing events, getting to know the players so that eventually you can say, hey, we don't really have a a stake in this game or we don't have a hand in this game. However, we have a database unlike any others in size and it's worldwide. So that has a major, major, major appeal to these companies that are starting up in the VTOL autonomous micromobility spaces. And the other story I really wanted to touch on today was one that we absolutely have to talk about because we talk about it all the time. So we've been talking about Massachusetts really pushing for this legislation of the ABC test, which is already in there. Um, they already have the ABC test in place. It's been in place for years. It is one of the states where it's been in place for years. And they're pushing very hard to have all independent contractors on gig platforms, as well as the blanket that they threw in California, like AB5, thrown all, all over all independent contractors to take away the freedom of being an independent contractor enforcing forcing um, W-2 employment on app-based on-demand gig workers, as well as independent contractors and um, self-employed people who are freelance artists or interpreters or musicians or things like that, where we saw this all play out in California, just to nothing except for 
failure, 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 destruction, people's lives ruined, businesses of 25, 30 years ruined. So businesses that were around 20 years before AB5 ever was even a thought in anybody's head, these businesses were successful and they've now been crushed, killed, and they are destroyed and finished because of this law. So now other states we've talked about are looking at it. Well, here's the here's the latest on what's going on in Massachusetts, because this is kind of messed up. Um, so Lyft has already put out... For, so if you remember, it was $208 million that DoorDash, Instacart, Uber, and Lyft put into Prop 22 to get them get gig workers an exemption from AB5 and it passed it prop 22 went to the went to the uh, November vote and it passed overwhelmingly by over 3 by about 3 million votes so the people of California chose they wanted this overwhelmingly i mean that was by 3 million votes is by a lot of votes that's a heavy win and then it got challenged by the California Supreme Court saying that it was in violation of the the California Supreme Court and they're now battling that out. Well now here comes Massachusetts wanting the same thing. And here's what's happened already. So Lyft has already put out 14.4 million dollars towards the likely no- November ballot measure in Massachusetts. And when I say likely, that's only based on if for some reason a deal was made and it was pulled. It is a ballot measure. It's being pushed just like AB5 was. Um so the vast uh so <laughs> The $14.4 million that, that Lyft has put towards the November ballot in Massachusetts is 14.4 of an already committed $17.2 million um, total amount to fight it so far. Now, remember, it was $208 million in California, but this early in the game, it was right around that same amount. It was right around 17 to 22 million. It depends on where you look at the at the timeline that had been raised for prop 22 at this point. And then it just had to keep raising to keep up with the fighting. And that's why I often refer to it as wasted money on both sides. The state wasted a ton of money and they made these business waste a ton of money. So instead of taking $208 million that could have been used for, you know, getting drivers more money or or benefits or whatever, as well as, and you can blame these companies, but as well as the state putting out as much as they could to fight this, we're looking at well over 300 million. I think it's closer to about 350 million on the AB5 versus Prop 22 gig workers ballot that did pass in favor of the gig workers staying independent contractors, but is now being challenged. That $350 million total that was spent between the state and Prop 22 to go to this vote in my mind was, I mean, talk about wasted money while everybody's careers in California had been destroyed, livelihoods destroyed. Um, but back to Massachusetts. So now we've got 14.4 million raised or already put in by Lyft. We have a total in the, we have a total amount so far fighting the H1234 in Massachusetts to keep gig workers independent contractors. There's 17.2 million in that total fund. So the rest of the the difference of 14.4 to 17.2, so, you know, two, what is that, 2.8 million? So it's 14.4 million from Lyft, 2.8 million came from Uber, DoorDash, and Instacart. So in California, it was kind of the opposite. 
the first 14 million that was raised was by Uber and it was like 2.8 million had been DoorDash, Instacart and Lyft. And then the next big donor was DoorDash that came in. So it was DoorDash and Uber that really tallied up a big portion of that in in California. But here out of the gate, Lyft is already dumping tons of money. $14.4 $14.4 million. And we often talk about how Lyft is even in, still in the game. I mean, they they have no means other than rideshare. I know they're attempting to get into the food game, but they're way too late. It's way too late. But, you know, I mean, right now they just have rideshare. For the last, you know, two years of a pandemic, they've just had rideshare. And they're claiming that they're getting close to profit. I don't see it. Nobody else sees it. Nobody gets it. Um, I don't know if it's raised prices and just finally reporting correctly on how little it maybe costs to to keep these platforms up and running. I don't know. Um, but I have no idea how they're getting this much money together when this company loses hand over fist. Um, so regardless, here we go again. Massachusetts is gonna fight this. They're gonna they're gonna raise hundred, hundred and fifty million. Uber, Lyft. DoorDash and Instacart are going to raise 150 to 200 million. And we're going to, again, waste over $300 million to determine whether or not independent contractors can remain independent contractors. Something that this country bases on is freedom, you know, and the freedom to start a business, you know, the land of opportunity. The pl- you can start a business and, and succeed in America. Well, Without being able to be an independent contractor and the way it actually ties into self-employment and a lot of careers, you're kind of pulling the rug out on the American dream. I'm just saying. I mean, really, you take away a ton of options by taking away independent contractorship. Tweaking it, making, you know, perhaps even having some some regulations in rideshare or in delivery or wherever, that's different. But but this is just wrong to outright try and ban it. It's 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 like the Pro Act when we were really going at that until it fell apart. But it fell apart by the littlest margins, you guys. And we've talked about this, but I mean, like, really, I say this a lot. I follow this very closely, but I got to tell you guys, it was so close to Prop 22 pl- passing. And I know a lot of people still don't understand that, but it was. So... You know, here we go again. How many other states are going to do this? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, we will keep following this. And again, on um, we are recording on is it February seventh or eighth? Um, will the the podcast will drop with my all star lineup to talk about California AB five, and we will touch on this uh, Massachusetts H one two three four as that is the um next biggest state really pushing it and pushing it quickly. So they're talking about November of this year, 2022, November, 2022. So just months away, we're going to have to vote on this just like California did. If you live in Massachusetts, you're going to have to vote on this. And, um, you know, I, we're going to have to see how it goes and what happens. Again, these are attempts to show by if, if more states and more states and more states gain this, it makes it a lot easier for a pro act to pass and for everybody to have to be union contract workers and or under unions and and be employees and pay union dues and BW2 and and the kind of things that take away from flexibility work and if somebody wants to claim that well the flexibility could remain yes it could however name one company in the world that allows you to come in whenever you want work however long you want um 
pick which which gigs you're going to take and be on a platform. You know, we can all sit and complain about this. However, we all know there's still a way to work this and make some money. You just got to be, I mean, some people are way better at it than others. Some, and, and again, you know, just like with anything, people, experience counts. I mean, I have a ton of experience in rideshare. So would I, even though I get paid the same per mile rate, can I do better than somebody who starts Uber today? I would think so by a lot. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's just, that's how life is, you know, experience brings experience and better pay and all kinds of things. So that's just the way things work. Um, but it is pretty scary. It's something we're going to keep our eyes on and keep your eye peeled for the piece that I will be doing um, with the all-star lineup in next early next month, because it's going to definitely be a let's dive into this whole thing piece. So that said, I would like to get into a quick little thing about our sponsors. That's right. Middleton Technologies, people. MiddletonTech.com. On there, you can find Flex Support, the Driver Utility Helper, and both of both of those are specific. So Flex Alert is for people working Amazon Flex, and it helps you to grab, you know, so you don't have to keep sitting there and tapping the screen to get the to get a batch or, you know, to keep sitting there and doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. It kind of automatically does it to get it for you. Um, and great app. So driver utility helper, same kind of thing, but it's only for DoorDash. However, DoorDashers love this tool. It's one of the Middleton Tech um you know, shining examples or the, it probably during the pandemic became the big one. However, we often forget about good old Maximo, um, you know, because when Rideshare died off at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, there wasn't, even though Maximo does cover Uber Eats and Grubhub as well for filtering services and, you know, bettering your rates, bettering your earnings by using filters that suit you in your market, and how you want to drive, when you want to drive, how far you want to drive, and what you're looking to make. It really this these apps help you tweak that down so that you can say, "Hey, listen, I need to make this. I need to make this this per mile that I'm going to be working." You can do that by tweaking out the filters in within all of these apps. But Maximo does Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. So you might have just been using the DUH, the driver utility helper during the pandemic if you were doing food delivery. However, do not forget that the flagship, the first app that Gary Middleton ever created was Maximo. And Maximo covers rideshare and delivery drivers. Maximo helps rideshare and delivery drivers become safer drivers by auto-switching between apps, auto-accepting only the trips they want, and auto-declining unprofitable trips. The more services you drive for, the more trips you can get which equals less downtime and more money. Now again, we're going to be diving into this over the next like many weeks and I'm going to I'm going to come up with some different ways of of making sure that you guys know about Maximo because Maximo is a way to earn to make sure you're getting the best earnings you can on rideshare and with Uber Eats and Grubhub as well, but as rideshare is now coming back, um this app is more needed than it's been in 2 years. So even though, and again, remember folks that Maximo was the original, the OG app for this kind of, for this kind of interface for um, multi-app users or p- 
people doing rideshare who want to filter out their rides to tweak it to their specific needs. Maximo was the first. So the other ones that have come along, Maximo's the first, it's still the best. Um, people love Maximo. Give it a check. It's on. It, it's in the show notes. Check out anything Middleton Tech. Um, you can follow any of their social sites, but make sure you check out the app and download it. Um, the link in the that I'll put in the show notes will go directly to the middletontech.com page, but it will go to the R app section. So if you want to learn a little bit more, there's, you know, you can read on the blog or you can go to the homepage or, you know, you can, you can dial around the site a little bit, but I'm going to have you go right to the landing page where you can see the three apps that Middleton created and keeps updated. So, you know, some of the, these, these work around the world too, around the globe. So again, another thing that the other companies aren't doing, this is one of the most solid apps out there that is a driver's tool. So this is something you all need in your war chest. And uh, we'll talk. I'm going to hit on it on the other side too. But I'm going to bring in my guest this week and uh, come back on the other side. So this week, I am happy to have uh, Walt Sage, W. Sage, um, who recently put out a book, Shockingly True Uber Stories. And uh, first of all, I want to thank him for coming on. Thank you for being on today. Ah, thank you for having me, Steve. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, of course. So um, you're in the Los Angeles market. Yeah. Uh, right. And, right. you know, before we get to the book, can you give us a little background on your gig economy story? Like when you entered um, the yeah, gig economy, sure. which platforms you, you've worked, which ones... Um, you've liked the best or if it's only been one that's fine mm -hmm. just kind of give us some background before we get into the conversation yeah sure um well i had a lot of driving jobs like you know a long time ago mm -hmm. you know from back in the day um i valeted you know um worked for like a valet company and like drove all celebrities and stuff drove their cars i drove like every celebrity's car drove the celebrities worked at the academy awards you know all the like you know big events i drove marlon brando's car i drove george clooney's car all right. leonardo caprio everybody Selma hayek everybody you know all the big stars and stuff um and i worked as a limo driver actually for like a short amount of time so did i which, so <laughs> yeah i heard you say that. that's cool <laughs> yeah it was a crazy back then because you know you just have like a thomas guide like a paper map you know and like you know mm -hmm. you drop off your car pick up the limo and you know just like it, you had like a two-way, you know, Nextel, like two-way walkie-talkie type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that was that was crazy. But yeah, I did like a lot of, you know, delivery jobs. So it was always like I had done, you know, a lot of delivery jobs and driving jobs and stuff. They're always like really easy to get, you know? They're the easiest jobs to get. I was never like good at getting a job. So it was always like, they always everyone always needs drivers. So I was like, you know, so I had a lot of experience driving which comes mm -hmm. into, you know, so, um, then, and then I drove for like, um, the first version of like delivering for Amazon for like food delivery, the very okay. first time when they're testing it out, they were doing like one day delivery, like hour delivery, two hour delivery prime. Right. You're talking I about with, for uh, that. was and it whole foods you mean? Well, I delivered for whole foods, but they started doing like, they called it hot wheels, like prime, okay. right. Amazon prime. They did like, you know, like early version. They were literally testing out the app. This was like, you know, this is like 2015. Oh, okay. And then um, 
I started after that. I did Uber Eats when they first started. Okay. Like it was like the Wild West. <laughs> it's right. like not, it was like you just meet someone on the. They, they wanted it like Uber. They wanted you to meet them on the curb, and you just like I didn't even get out of the car. You just like hold the the food out the window, and they just like grab it. It right. was crazy. It was a Wild West out there. It was just like that was crazy. Cause you know, there was like no protection. No, no, they were just like testing it out. I did Uber eats. So I had a two door car and, um, I didn't have the four door car. People were doing already Uber and everything. Everyone was telling me, you know, I had like a lot of driver friends that tell me, Oh, you got to do Uber. You got to do Uber. You'll make so much money. Everyone was making all these bonuses, big weekly bonuses. So like, you know, then all my friends knew, I knew like every street in LA, so mm-hmm. they were always like, oh, you got to do Uber. You're going to make like so much money to do Uber and Lyft and everything. So I was hearing all the like the sign up bonuses and everything. Everyone was making like so much money. So then, yeah, I, I turned in my car. Like <laughs> I turned in my lease, my two door car I had, like a little smart car. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got a Prius. Just like like on credit, you know, just like got this four door car prius and then i signed up immediately for uber and lyft and i started doing rideshare and um i did it for years and years i did it you know in the early days and uh did it for years and years i did like almost thirteen thousand rides okay and i drove only at night in la so it was just all over la i just did it you know at late at night so it was just crazy every night and so then, you, came, you came on to rideshare before Uber Eats, though, or you came on to? No, I did Uber Eats first okay. for a little bit, like only like a little bit. Right. And that was crazy, you know, because like I said, it, it was crazy. Right, so it was like Uber Eats came around in like 2018. No, I did it in 2015, believe it or not. It was okay. just okay. like the early. It was slower. They were testing it out. Yeah. I remember when it came. Yeah. Here. Before yeah. the pandemic, Uber Eats never did any business. It couldn't hold. Yeah, driver. that's what they I'm saying. It was him, like so. a weird thing. This is why I was like trying it out. And um, like, I'm telling you, like, it was just it, no one knew about it, really. You know, it was just like. Right. Yes. And then sometimes a lot of times like Uber drivers were like doing both. They were trying to push it like they were like going, hey, take deliveries, you know, take deliveries, too. If you want to, if you're, once you're a driver, they were like, yeah, take deliveries too, you know? So mm-hmm. like you would show up and like people were Ubering and then they would just get an Uber Eats and they would just show up. And like, I had a, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was like, uh, like I, it was before you could, you know, there was any kind of like driver protection or anything. It was like, I had a dude like, you know, expose himself, you know, he would show up like naked to the door. <laughs> right. You know, and there was no. It was there was just no like regulating it at all, you know? Right. So yeah. it was it was like the Wild West. People just you just meet someone on the street and you just hand them the food. And I, I literally wouldn't get out of the car. I just like would hold it out. They were supposed to meet you on the curb. So I did that first, but it, yeah, it wasn't very good. This is why I was like, man, I gotta get some of this rideshare action. And right. everyone and so, was and, getting and to, like, the, and to those listening too, when he's saying 2015, there was only like seven markets that Uber Eats was in at yeah. that time. Yeah, and it was like LA, it, New York, and it was whatever. still a beta test format. So it, it wasn't exactly if any of you are putting the, trying to put the timeline together and it's not making sense to you, that's why LA was a yeah. unique situation along with a, just a few other cities. But for sure, 
Um, Same thing with that, that Amazon Because there's Prime, some, some yeah. listeners will think, why, why, why were you driving Uber Eats in 2015? It wasn't around. Exactly. It wasn't around, but it was a test format. Exactly. So it was really... Yeah, just it, was, it was as beta as it could be and they were just exactly using the, they were using the di- database from the rideshare drivers exactly uh, and i was just trying to stay right. alive it was like make a little bit of money here and there i was just trying to have a job i could you know i was like right you know um so then i got then i got on the rideshare and um before the pandemic oh yeah yeah i did it okay. in like 20 i was doing it in like 2015 okay I started doing uh, so short and after. Lyft. Yeah, okay. right after that, I got on Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. and um, and this is when it was like you know there were still like a lot of like referral bonuses. Sure, there were. I mean, sign up bonuses. They were that was still good. Yep. So it was still, you know, there were still like weekly bonuses. Right. Well, so there was then, so I you know there, there was, was also a multiplier money. and all kinds of things. So yeah, they were like it was still good then. Right. And, it was, um, no, it was still it was still great then, but yeah, actually, it was exactly. So, so that was why I did it because I, I had so many, you know, so many people were like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta do it," you know, like I'm making so much money. This guy's making so much money. They would give like a four hundred dollar a week, you know, bonus, two hundred to four hundred dollar weekly bonus for doing like eighty five rides or whatever, you know. Right. So there was like money to be made, and everyone was making money. Right. Like that. I knew the drivers. So I was like, oh, yeah, I got to like and I kept well, hearing even, I, even for L.A. around those years, they were still building the base. And yeah, so they, they were still, you know, Uber was still, you know, probably putting in 60 to well, around 60 percent of a driver's pay was being paid by Uber, um, you know, just by doing it as like, you know, a payout that they need to do to, to bring customers. in. so it's exactly like advertising. Exactly. Um, but, exactly. You know, so, without, without a customer base, that's why rideshare companies have such a hard time starting up is because without that database, you're nothing. If you don't have a, a you know, a population of people wanting rides and a, yeah. and a group of drivers willing to take those rides, you really have nothing. I mean, so to exactly. start up, you're just collecting data. And that's why a lot of people get scared by data theft and things of that nature when these companies start up in little towns. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from. And I think a lot of drivers out there who are veteran drivers, just like yourself and myself know that, yeah. you know, we've seen it all come and go and change exactly. and, morph and everything from everything to everything. And, you know, right before the pandemic, it was some of the worst pay I'd seen. And I talked to people around the country and oh, they for were all sure. seeing the same thing, but then, you know, it's just recently again, it's, it's workable again and you can make money again, but now you got to, you still got to play those games. You still got to play the, bonuses and you got to play you got to play all the things and you got to play them right and you got to know what you're doing and you got to work the minimal amount of time to get those bonuses and then turn them off because after that they're not going to give you much more um yeah i can only imagine i mean i'm sure they need drivers now right because of the pandemic and like well i mean they're starting to come back but you know really what they had a lot of trouble with was you know on April, whatever, you know, the day of the, the CARES Act passed and everybody uh-huh. was told to stay at home. Yeah. Period. Just stay at home. Yeah. That was the day rideshare temporarily died for two years. Oh, I mean, yeah. Literally in, in a 24 hour cycle, it went from some people who were who were just trying to get back home for, around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was going on to, OK, stay home. And all the rideshare just there was no customers. And even the few oh, drivers yeah. left couldn't find a single ride 
So they all pivoted to food. Yeah, and exactly. The food delivery blew up, and then it was good for a little. Now bit. they're having trouble getting those those yep. old rideshare drivers to pivot back, though. And oh so, yeah, because so they're really trying to make it more. You know, like we've had, I've had Sergio on the podcast too from LA, who's you yeah. know, the main contributor over at the rideshare guy. And, right, you know, right. he talks about how you can earn $60 an hour in LA. And if you're not, I heard you're, that. you're, I heard you're, you're just not something. doing it right. And that's, exactly. that's truth. I know people over there who do make 40, 45, but he does have a lot more knowledge of the city and he knows exactly where to be when, what Yeah. Times. Once you so, know that you become like way better. Yeah, so he, you know, he he works twenty hours a week, and after that, really? I don't think he can really get he can really make sixty. I think yeah. that he can do sixty dollars on twenty hours, and there's a specific set of hours that he schedules out every week. But yeah, like, outside of that, he'd be making less than fifty, and that's his minimum. So it's, yeah, no, that's good, and like I believe it because like once you know, once you know, you know that. I mean, it's good. You've done like thirty thousand rides, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's good to talk to. you. Right. Once you're up to that. Yeah. But once you're up to those kind of numbers, you know, it's like you never want to work for less. I know. I know. So, I, no, it's, you know, it's, what like, you, it's exactly what you said. Right. Because it, for before, like, I mean, even like a year to two before the pandemic, it was like the pay was so little that I was like, I mean, I don't know how anyone's like surviving on this, you know. And then I did the same thing. Like, so I, I live I I drove in L.A at night only, you know, for years at night. But then I went to the Midwest, believe it or not. And then uh, I was right there in the middle of the country and like in a small city. And like, then there was like, yeah, almost no rides out there, but I still did it all the way to the pandemic. Like you said, and I was just like parked in the snow on the side of the road and just like waiting for any, (laughs) like you said, it just like died. The whole city died. Just like sitting on the side of the road in the snow. Mm-hmm. waiting for a request and this is no request it just like right. the whole thing died because it's just like well there was no reason to be out either i mean they were telling yeah i mean you weren't that, even supposed to yeah, yeah you weren't so, even supposed i mean to be. there was no flights coming in there was really yeah yeah happening. everything so, was just dead i was just like under the snow except for food delivery so it made sense exactly and now it no, makes so sense i did to pivot back though because that food delivery money has you know it's still there i know people who do very well um, still delivering, but it's yeah. not, it's not the cash cow it was. And yeah, you can, they, you can so definitely make more with rideshare again than you can with delivery in most markets, but I would think so because but yeah. So for, like you said, during the pandemic, like Uber Eats was good. Right. For a they, while yeah, they all in the were. beginning, they, they were trying were. to get everyone to do it. So it was good. And I did DoorDash as well. And uh, so I did DoorDash and Uber Eats and that was good in the beginning, but now it's like, like DoorDash is like, I mean, the last I tried DoorDash is like really bad. And I think, and I, I think it might dep- it just, you know, that's, it's they lowered it down. They not lowered everything, Uber Eats. Not everything and, is this way, but I think it's what market you're in. I know people who still do very, very well with DoorDash. Um, yeah, exactly. Like you said, as a market, I mean, it's okay. It's just like for the pandemic, they were paying like good. And then right. DoorDash just like, I mean, then Uber Eats, then they lowered their prices like big time and they went back down because they, like you said, they had so many drivers. Right. Right so, and now it's just a you know now it's they have so many drivers and it's yeah exactly it's just not quite the same market for it exactly but the ride shares but, are back but anyway so yeah what happened with you and the platforms you still have a relationship with these platforms uh kind of I mean you know I have my accounts that I can like log into right but yeah I definitely I stopped doing that I stopped through with the pandemic basically and then of course I did like you know. 
I did a little bit of delivery and then I just started like collecting that unemployment. Once I started getting that unemployment, I was like, <laughs> I'm making more during getting the unemployment. So I started doing that. And that was just, I just phased out after that, you know? So, so what made you um, want to write the book? Well, what made me write the book is that, you know, I drove in LA and I had so many crazy stories every night because, you know, in LA, it's really, really wild. And at night, mm-hmm. I drove in LA. I had so many wild stories. I had so many things. And everyone was telling me, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book about all your stories. Cause like every time I took a ride, everyone, I, you probably know this. Everyone's like, so you got any crazy stories? You got any crazy stories? What's the craziest story you had? What's the craziest story you had? And everyone asked me the same exact questions. Everyone asked me, you know, what's your craziest story? What's the worst passenger you ever had? What's as farthest you ever gone? How much money you make? How much money you make? How much money you make? You know, everyone wanted to know like the same questions. And um, I was still ignored it. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But like my friends are like, man, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book with all these crazy stories because it was crazy every night. Right. So I was like really slow, to be honest. I was like, um, I was like, I mean, I'm a writer and uh, I've written like a lot of uh, some other things. So I was like thinking of novels, you know what I mean? I <laughs> think of like, oh, I got to think of a story. Meanwhile, like craziness going on around me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then I re- then it finally hit me. I was like, man, I I could do like, I could tell these, just these crazy stories, just these few crazy stories. But then I started realizing, oh, you know what? I could add that one. I could add that one. But the craziest thing and why you're having me on here probably too, why everyone's listening to this is like, not only have I done almost 13,000 rides, driving around LA at night, driving the Midwest over the ice and snow. I think, you know, as I told you, drum roll is that i can't move my head (laughs) i can't move my neck my neck is paralyzed my head is paralyzed so i drove for uber for years and years at night through all the craziness did all the stuff every other uber driver does you know it's all in all the danger that every other Uber and Lyft driver has. Only I did it without moving my head. So I know that sounds unbelievable. Well, I think yeah, I was, we need huh? to roll that. I think we need to roll that back <laughs> a little bit to how, I mean, how you had a license. I mean, we know that everybody yeah, can slip through the, through the yeah. cracks with Uber. Yeah, for sure. I think it's more... You know, I think people would want to know more. How did you have a license? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, um, what happened to me was so rare and bizarre because uh, I have an autoimmune disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which I'll refer to as AS. Mm-hmm. It's like hard to pronounce. Um, and it attacks all your joints and organs. And um, basically, like, it freezes all your joints slowly you know like you're always like you know your joints become really stiff and you just have pain all over your body all over your whole every joint in your body from your toes to your head Mm -hmm. your spine and your organs everything attacks everything so you know all through my you know like through 20s i was always stiff i was always 
you know, my joints were just like losing movement, always like under attack. Um, I was always in extreme pain everywhere, like every part of my body. And you just, your body's like slowly getting stiffer and no, they can never detect it. It's very, it's very difficult to detect. Right. Um, so no one knew what was going on. You know, I had been to a doctor, chiropractor, everything, but no one knew what's going on. They're just like, yeah, you know, you're just having back pain, neck pain. Um, it started in my jaw, actually. I couldn't like open my mouth. And then, you know, that's the skull. The jaw is connected to the skull. So right. the skull, I couldn't move my head back. And so anyways, it just slowly, it slowly, it was, it was happening gradually, but it felt like it happened overnight, you know? Mm -hmm. I just like woke up one day. I couldn't move my head. I couldn't move. Usually I would be stiff and then, uh, and then it would like slowly be able to move again, you know? So I always had, like I said, I always had driving jobs and I always was always super stiff, but in those driving jobs, I learned how to like, you know, move and drive a car, any car. I just became like a really good driver without moving, you know? (laughs) So I was used to it and uh, yeah, I just, you know, kept my license. It just like slowly, eventually, like I couldn't move my head or neck or anything, but I already had my license and I would just, you know, I learned like a lot of tricks. I learned, you know, basically my whole life is just like hiding it, you know, right. Learning how to deal, you know, learning how to move, learning. And then if anyone ever called me on it, it was just like, oh, I'm just like a little stiff today, you know? So, yeah, it was crazy, but I mean, do you feel like you're safe when you're driving? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know it's it sounds uh crazy or bizarre and and dangerous, but yeah, I mean, I'm driving constantly, so I feel like really really safe, you know. That, that was what I'm saying like when I was signing up, everyone was like, "Oh, you got to like everyone that knows me, like my family, my friends are like, "Oh, you got to like drive for Uber." Like no one thought it was weird because right. it was so normal to me and to everyone around me right this is why i didn't even think to go like oh i should write this is kind of an interesting story (laughs) i just was like trying to stay alive my neck became paralyzed head paralyzed i was just like trying to get a job you know right i was you know it was kind of like hiding because i didn't like you know i'm like really hunched over my head and neck are like at the floor you know i'm like really bad posture kind of thing so i didn't want like I always took jobs where no one would see me and stuff, you know, and right. like, you know, I was always like, so I would take any job, like washing dishes in the back of like, you know, a restaurant or like warehouse or something like that. And then this is so you, why you said, gig, you said mid twenties, this was diagnosed approximately, right? No, it was diagnosed in my thirties. Finally, I finally got to a doctor and he was like, you know what? You probably have this, but no, I went to like all kinds of stuff through my twenties okay and then even 30s and like everyone was like no you're fine and literally the doctors were like no you're fine you know it's just like even x-rays i had x-rays and they were like no your neck looks fine (laughs) so i was like man it's just like maybe it's like mental you know maybe it's like psychologically it was just like a really weird crazy thing no one could diagnose yeah and finally a doctor i got to a doctor and he was like you know what you probably have this you know your spine is fused so your spine just grows together to deal with the pain, to like protect you from the pain. Right. Plus like lack of movement, you, your spine is fusing together, like growing together. So I have like a really extreme case. 
So my spine is like completely together. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, you know, it's like a, like a bamboo spine, they call it. So it's like made of bamboo kind of, you know, kind of like, so I'm just like super stiff and my spine is just like all grown together. Are you talking about like all your L vertebrae and stuff? Everything. Yeah. It's just That's, like, um, okay. yeah. So I'm just like super stiff and, um, and you know, you can see me on my, like YouTube nothing page. that a cortisone shot could help with or anything. No, no. It's just like, like, there's literally nothing they can do as far as like getting me more movement right so i just have to like so my the entire spine is like a bamboo stick kind of picture it Mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't bend at all i mean tiny bit you know i can bend right i'm mostly like you know straight up you know i can't really like bend so much and all my joints are like really frozen but the only cure is just like moving around and exercising as much as you can but I, I didn't catch it early enough. So my whole thing froze. So like my skull is completely paralyzed. My jaw, it takes like so much work to just be able to function, you know, like every day I have to like stretch so much. Right. I mean, you towel. sound, you sound, you sound like you've got, like, I wouldn't guess anything's wrong with your jaw or your. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, again, it takes like, Every day I have to like, I hang upside down on like an inversion table. Yeah. I hang upside down off the bed. I take a towel and I work out my jaw, stretch out my jaw every day. So, um, and again, I've been like this for a really long time now. So I can, you know, I'm kind of like used to, I just, it's just ingrained in my life. You know, I just, I just uh, do it every single day, like brushing my teeth, you know, you just hang upside down off the bed, hang upside down off the inversion table, stretch, stretch, and like use a towel, open up my mouth, open up my jaw, work out my jaw. It's part part of your daily routine. Exactly. So to me, it sounds, you know, normal. And like, you can see on my YouTube page, shocking Uber stories. Like there's a video there. Like it shows like, I do like a lot of like, I mean, it's just constantly working out, constantly exercising and stretching, you know? Okay. To just function, just to talk to you, you know, like, yeah, like I woke up early, I hung off the bed, you know. So like after a couple hours of talking Mm -hmm. or a little bit, like you start to feel, it starts to get sore and worn out and tired. Or, and just really, really stiff. Like when you wake up, it's like starting from ground zero, you know, you're like super stiff, like a corpse. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're just like waking up the body. So it's like constant stretching, constant workout, hang from straps. I hang from like these straps from a pull, you know, from like a pull-up bar. Mm-hmm. I hang from that. I hang upside down. I hang from an inversion table and pull. You're basically trying to pull the body apart. Right. You're trying to elongate so that, your spine. Exactly. Exactly. And and mm-hmm. all joints. So that's what I did to be able to even like, you know, talk to you or to drive for Uber. You know, I would stretch so much. And then, I, you know, and like I said, I had all these. I had all these routines, you know, to, all these tricks and like, you know, to look into the mirrors, use all the mirrors, use the backup camera, use everything. So every day was just like, I would, that's kind of why I did it at night. Not just cause like night is, you know, good or wow. It's just like, first of all, I would be preparing myself all day. Right. Then at night, it's actually better for me because like I can see lights coming in my peripheral vision, if during the day, it's kind of hard to see cars coming, you know? So with lights, I see them coming in my peripheral vision. And also I'm kind of hidden. 
Right. So it was just, I mean, again, I'm not saying this is like a good, <laughs> what I like about the book is that, you know, I'm not the good guy or I have no agenda in the book. I just tell you what happened. It's like a camera was in the car. Right. This is what happened. It's the weird stories. It's crazy stories. My story is very bizarre. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Sometimes I'm the bad guy in the story. Sometimes I'm the terrible guy in the story, you know? Right. It's it's just I don't have an agenda to say, oh, Uber Lyft's bad, or you know, this is just my story. Right. My experience with it. And I'm not saying it was good. I was just trying to like stay alive, <laughs> trying but to you get were, some money. But you weren't, but I want to I want to put a caveat on that because you weren't yeah. you weren't the intentional bad guy. You no, were the guy, no, you yeah. you were the person who was getting stuck like all of us with scenarios every day. Yeah, exactly. And the comp and the company's not built to help a person like you and tell you oh, this sure. is how you should do this. In fact, they stay away from any kind of help of that kind exactly because, because you're an independent contractor. They don't want to have a say in how you do your job. Exactly. So they, exactly therefore right. they have to be like, I don't know what to tell you. This is all yeah. you need to figure it out. Even though you'd think that in an emergency type situation, they could step in, even if you are an IC and help you yeah. out because it's their platform. But um, no, you're 100% right. And I've listened to your podcast and you guys are so right. When you you're talking about like, you know, independent, like I, I want every, you know, it's just you. I, I understood because I was there early and I just, I don't know. I just understood. It's just you and an algorithm, you know, and app. there's no, there is no company. There's no one like, there are always people are always like, can you do this? Can you call them? And there's no there's, it's just you driving around in a car and an right. algorithm that doesn't care at all. So I think why, like I had like, so, you know, I had so many crazy stories why I never like called for help or talked to people because there's no, it's a, what you always talk about. It's someone in another country who's trained to give like a script and they're like, yeah, sorry. You know, because right. like I had, <laughs> I had guns, I had guns pulled on me Yeah, driving, you know, so there's no one you can be like, Hey, I'm going to call my boss. It's just, no one cares at all. It's you. It's your, it's your acceptance rate. It's your, you know, it's your percentages. It's your ratings. It's just like, it's just an algorithm, right? No one is watching you. No one is helping you. There's no support. It's just, I understood that. Right. Because I think, you know, every day it was, just, well, there's nothing uh, even, you know, even with the algorithm though, when you actually break it down, there's nothing you can do about random acts of violence or craziness like that. The algorithm can't read that this guy's going to get violent or act crazy. It doesn't really yeah. know anything more than he's a 4.9 rider. Exactly. Let's get him a ride. And then that might be the day that everything in his life changed or, you know, his, his woman exactly. left him and, you know, his dog died and all this other stuff happened within a couple day period. And he's now lost his stuff and he's had all these great ratings, but you just never know when you're going to get exactly. It's new every single time. You're, you're exactly right. It's like yeah. every ride is but brand new. So and the same thing with, with my neck and head, like, like, and by the way, you know, the book is shockingly true Uber stories. I haven't said that enough. It's available everywhere on audiobook. Yeah. And we'll and we'll Sorry, make sure that it's all in the show. No, we'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah, too. we're getting ahead of it because we're having a good conversation. But yeah, yeah so. so it's available everywhere on audiobook. You can listen to it, you know, in your car. It's perfect. But yeah, it's what you said. It's like every single ride, 
you never know what's going to happen. Like, even if you survive one, it doesn't mean like, you know, you're making it through a night. Each time can be, like you said, some, someone crazy could come in and start, or the driver just went crazy or. Right. It's just I mean, the wild west out there. When people, when driving. people tell me that they're reading people, like I, I worked in the bar industry forever. So yeah, I, heard I actually do have a good read on people, but nonetheless, like you really can never tell who's going to do what. You can do your best to make sure they're not drunk, that they're not this or that, but you don't know when somebody somebody might 100 percent coming out of a building look like, well, that guy's not going to be any problem <laughs> exactly. at all. That might be your biggest problem. This is why I like talking to drivers because it's true. It's <laughs> like, it's like so many times people get in the car and they go, Hey, how you doing? And you go, Yeah, man, cool, cool. And then the head starts to drop. They start to get like all wobbly. You're like, oh damn, they're super drunk. I didn't know. I didn't know that this drunk. You know what I mean? Like you never like they seem okay. Like you said, they're in a suit. Like, hey man, how you doing? They can say everyone can like say like hey, how you? Do? They can like get it together for the greeting. But you never know. Then all of a sudden they get on the phone. They start screaming at someone on the phone. They start threatening to kill someone on the phone. You know, or they start getting a fight on the phone. Or they start like that's what I'm saying. Like uh, they can give you a tutorial on how to use the app, but they can't give you a tutorial like. When someone's like threatening to kill someone on the phone or they're like come in well, and they start crying like crazy. Well, see, that's a, but that's a weird but that's a weird thing, too. They really can't give you a tutorial. However, yeah. they can make us watch rain videos on how to not yeah. be sexually yeah. you know, assaulted or how to not sexually assault people. And it's so they, they, you know, that's one thing they've always specifically chose that. Well, we can make you watch rain videos. Well, then why can't you make us- I know watch other videos and you know like but also you can't like you can't plan for like the human the human being you know like right i'm out in la i don't know if you had that experience but like and i don't know if you can curse on this but it's just like people you know you can't like make a tutorial for someone getting in the car and be like you know what do you do when someone asks you like can they suck your dick you know what i mean (laughs) like because by the way that happened all the time in la Right. They all the time they come in and ask you if they can. You're like, they can't really like make a tutorial for that. You know what I'm saying? Well, the the I think the bigger problem is is that they can't make a tutorial, even no matter what ways they might find around getting it to us, the drivers. They'll never make a tutorial for the passenger because that's the client. Yeah, the client has money. They don't really care. Exactly. That that, that's all they're going to care about. You know, I hear, like I said, I listen to your podcast, and you know, you hear the driver saying, you know. And this guy did this and that. And I tried to tell them, they don't, they're, they're going to care what the passenger said, you know, like keeping right. them happy, keeping them cool. If they said you did this, then like, you know, they're going to like help that. They don't want any problems with like the passengers, you know? So you're right. just out on your own, you know? Right. You're out unlike there unlike food delivery. I think that rideshare has a different element of you need to be able to if somebody starts getting very where you're uncomfortable, you need to be able to get to a well-lit spot where there's people and diffuse it there, pull over, diffuse it, get them out of the vehicle. Yeah. So don't ever just pull over on a dark road and start having it out with the guy or don't, don't be driving and have it out with the guy because you never know what might happen while you're driving. You know, it's no, best for to sure. kind of and let them vent, get some, and if it's getting real over the top, you're not comfortable that that line's been crossed, then, Go find a gas station or something that's open. Pull into it. Yeah, gas station. You know, step out of the car, leave the door open and say, you need to get out of my car. And they make it very public, you know, and 
Um, yeah. And like you said, I mean, you're flying down the freeway usually or the road and mm-hmm. you're in like a small intimate space. Right. With, you know, drunk people or people on drugs. Usually right. that's what we need to ride. So right. you're in a well, tight space. They're usually like right next to you, usually like touching you practically, you know? Right. So, yeah, you you're in <laughs> a lot. So of the that ve- was a thing. A lot of the very late night stuff, for sure. I mean, I can say in the day, you know. Yeah. That's not always the case in the day. I think that the day. Yeah. Time, do you drive during the day usually? Um. Well, I mean, when I started, I used to do nights just because that was where the money yeah. was. But then I, yeah. I was finding myself like unlike the bar situation that I've been in for years. At yeah. a bar, I've got other people watching my back if something goes down. Exactly. That's the thing. And when you're like, in the car, you're on your own. So even though I've had a lot of experience, like taking care of situations and and getting them handled, it's it's a lot easier when you have even if everybody's not watching at the same time, just, you know, you're in a room where seven other people have your back. Yeah. And, you know, I used to talk to bartenders a lot, too, because it's a very similar situation because, you know, you're stuck talking to drunk people, you know, and they're, you're kind of like stuck behind the bar. But at least you can walk away a little bit. You're not like moving in like a small, you're in like a confined space. So it's a very similar job because mm-hmm. they get them like all drunk and then they send them to you into the car, you know? Right. But definitely, I definitely like, and I'm sure, you know, because you've done so many rides once you, once you learn like all my crazy rides, most of my crazy rides happen in the beginning because you don't know what to do. You just take any ride, right. you take anything. And then you start to learn, oh man, I don't have to do this. I don't have to, like, I don't have to pick up directly from a club or bar, you know, like I can like, I started to learn, like, you know, get back a little bit, you know, stay back a little bit and like, see, and keep in mind, just like every driver is like in trouble, you know, in danger, but like, I can't remember you always say, don't talk to them through the rear view mirror, but I have to talk to them through the rear view mirror. <laughs> right, 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 right. I can, you're, I had literally heard. Well, but I mean, I, mean like, if oh. I mean, if they're crossing a line though, where you, you're yeah. actually like, you're feeling threatened because to each his yeah. own on where their line is, you know, but like, think about all the dangerous situations you've been in or just, we're so vulnerable as drivers. Right. Now imagine you're strapped in there. You can't move your head. <laughs> right. You can't move your neck. You're stuck facing down. Right. You're strapped in. You can't move, you know, and like crazy people get in your car. They're like, hey, 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 man, hey, you know, hitting you, touching you, whatever. Like imagine right. that feeling, how vulnerable you are. You know, this is, this is what I was in, but you just, you have to learn to like, you know, take control of the situation. You know, you have to learn like, things to keep you safe and you have to take control of your car you know like that's what i always try to tell people you know they're always like asking me like oh what you know i want to drive over what should i do you know it's like you have to remember it's your car it's your life you know you need you need to be like like i've canceled so many rides i didn't care one bit about you know my acceptance rate or cancellation rate whatever and they never deactivated me for cancellation. I'm telling you, I canceled so many rides. I had to have like the highest cancellation rate. <laughs> but you just, you know, you have to like take full control of your car. Like just like get them out of the car. Like, no, 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 I'm not taking this ride. I'm not taking, sorry, yeah, they got to get out, you know? Right. And I know they threaten that, but I can tell you, <laughs> I canceled so many rides. Because, so you know. In the book. Yeah. Um, are you. Are you so you're going to you walk people through some stories, but what other what other things do you hit on in the book that people 
that other drivers that people in the industry in the gig world would want to would want to well, know excellent about question that's excellent question so the check you know i i do like you know an introduction of like some of the craziest rides i had mm-hmm. where people are fighting people threatening to kill you know um people you know people literally fight in the car people uh you know and i we talk about kind of what we're talking about you know introduction to it then i have like you know who was the worst passenger we talk about the worst passengers talk about you know everyone wants to know like what's the farthest trip to you know what i mean talk about like, right. the farthest trip but really what you know like i really did i made like so much money on referral bonuses and like sign up bonuses right i have there's like a whole chapter in there where like i literally found out you know like i would i would sign up myself with my own referral code which is a whole story in itself where like i think i literally got like the rideshare guys first code i used to hear like when i was signing up like i was going to sign up for rideshare i was hearing on the radio like you get a 500 sign up bonus 500 sign up bonus for lyft you know mm-hmm. and i was like damn what if i get 500 because i was like in debt mm-hmm. and like you know unemployed paralyzed <laughs> i got this car on my credit and i just like looked online i did like research for like sign up bonuses and i just found a code online i think it was the rideshare guys harry mm-hmm. your buddy and uh i used this code it was like you get two thousand dollars if you do 500 rides i'm like no way i'm gonna get two thousand dollars so I went and I knocked that out. I got the 500 rides. I got the $2,000. And then I did the Uber one. I got the referral. You know, I got the sign up bonus for like, you know, Uber would give you like, I don't know, $500 also. Mm-hmm. And then I was done. But in my research for like, you know, sign up bonuses, I found out you could use your own code. So I was like, I, I, tried starting a new account i just used a new email new phone number Mm -hmm. and used my own sign up code and i started to just always sign up with new accounts i just started making new accounts getting new sign up bonuses and i just kept doing it (laughs) so for uber i had like a bunch of different accounts i just would just change my number change my email and get like different accounts and I would just go get the sign-up bonus, get the sign-up bonus, and I would just get a new account. And for a while, you could do that. Like, I'm talking 2016, 2017, 2018. Right. <clears throat> so yeah. for, lit, for Uber, they caught on, like, really quick. They were like, okay. They put a stop to that. And I still was like, <laughs> I still signed up with my own account. They were like, you have to go see, like, customer support. So I, like, went in there, walked in there. <laughs> I still had the balls to like go in there and like just like go, yeah, what's the problem? They were like, you already have Uber accounts. I was like, I do. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I would, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I, I, I think that by 2018, I don't know if that would have flown. Maybe it was through like 2017 because the social should have picked up yeah. way back. But I knew yeah. of people who were doing kind of the same thing too. Yeah. No, everyone was doing it. Like everyone online was saying, yo, yeah, you can just do your own thing. 
Right. You know, just, just, uh, yeah. Right. So just deact- you could even deactivate the old account. Absolutely. I mean, as long as you absolutely. got a Google number, you could. Yeah, absolutely. The- so what I was doing was there's like a whole chapter on that in the book is what I was doing was I would, you know, start with my email, start with the phone number. And I would like, especially Lyft because Lyft, I did it. I don't know. 20 times, man. Seriously. Right. And you, and the, to the listeners, you got to remember, this isn't a thing that in any way you can do now. No, uh, no, there's figured, no, there's no way to play this down. game. They'll, yeah. they'll catch your oh, yeah. social, all exactly. that kind of stuff. But I just, well, I just wanted crazy. to make that clear because yeah, for sure. You can't do it now, but back right. then, but back they then knew. They, were, they were still trying to get more drivers too. Exactly. So they, they almost didn't mind you doing it to be honest. No, they didn't mind you doing it because they knew it's the same social security number, right. the same phone number, the same vehicle number, the same address, the same license plate. Right, but they Every, know all you're saying. He's going to do another hundred rides now, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly re- right. So they were happy with that because they were still looking yeah. for more drivers. Because yeah, exactly, they let you do it, and they knew because they would deact. As soon as you signed up, they would deactivate. Lyft would deactivate your account. Right. Your old account, they would deactivate it, and you start you with a new account. Right. So I would just go sign up. And then up. They, they didn't have a problem with you getting the bonus because they no. they were like, that's fine. Now we can count on you doing 125 rides in the next exactly. Days. So that's and I fine got huge us. ones. I got to, we still need to overpopulate this market. Yeah. So exactly. until that happens, we'll keep letting this happen is kind of how it was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It, it was, you know, I keep in mind it's LA, like you said, a huge city. So they were trying out stuff and they needed drivers and they needed everything. So they were, you know, there was even one where it was $5,000 sign up bonus, $5,000. I mean, imagine that. Right. $5,000, a thousand rides. And I got $500 for referring myself. Huh. And other dudes, other drivers did it too. I, I like talked to them and they like did it. They got the 5,000, you know, but that was like the white whale right. of the, the referral bonuses. They were like. You know, and and literally, you know, you still had to go in there, go to orientation, sign up for Lyft, and they would say like, "Oh yeah, it's impossible." They literally said it's impossible to get the five thousand dollars because you have to do a thousand rides in ninety days. And I was like, oh, "We'll see." <laughs> but I, so what I used to do is I used to go to colleges and do like you know the Lyft line, the shared rides. Mm-hmm. I would go to colleges and get like you know go anywhere college areas like USC you know, UCLA, Northridge, and just like pick up three people, bam, you just go like down the street, you get like knock out 20, like really quick, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would just, if, and then another thing, another trick I talk about in the book is like, you know, I would like go really close to, you know how like on Lyft, you can get close and it'll show you, you say you arrived, you can click to say you're arrived. Right. I would get really close, but still I'm far away, but like close on the app, click to say I arrived, you see where it's going. So I would see if it's far. I knew LA really well. So I'd see if it's really far, check the map really quick. And I would just cancel it if it's going far. And I would just do like 15 minute rides. Bam, 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 bam. And I would just knock out these bonuses. So I was getting like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I made like some, and, and also I was like, I was posting my, you know, I was writing ads on Craigslist and other places so I was posting all these ads and and getting people to sign up for Uber Eats, getting sign up people to sign up for Lyft. So I was just ma- like, and everyone was signing up. I kept like refining, you know. I mean, hey man, I can write, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I was getting better and better at writing the ads. 
was like learning marketing books, you know, like secrets to writing good ads and stuff. I was writing my ads. I was posting every day on Craigslist and I was getting people to sign up all the time. I was helping them as I, as if I was like Uber support, Lyft support. And I was just like, you find out, you know, I was just like helping them get the bonuses and everything. So I was getting like that, like Uber Eats for a while. They had a thing where you would get a thousand dollars if someone did a hundred deliveries. And the average thing was the average one was 40 deliveries. You'd get $400. And for a long time, it was $600. Mm -hmm. So I was getting like all this, you know, all these referral bonuses. Cause I was like having, like, I was like always thinking of ways to do it. I would go to deliver, I would go to pizza delivery places and I would put like, you know, ads on their windows and just like, I would walk up to delivery drivers and go, Hey man, you could be like, are you signed up for Uber? Yeah. You could, you know, so I always had like thousands and thousands of dollars come in. Anytime I took like a, a ride, you know, an mm-hmm. Uber ride, I would sign the dude up for Lyft. If he wasn't signed up and I'd be like, dude, you got to like sign up for this thing. I'll sign you up, you know, talk people into it. So I made like thousands of dollars. So on that, and I was able to go to Italy, <laughs> believe it or not, I was able to go to Italy, like with all the, I had like so much money. Cause like so many people were doing, you know, pursuing all these bonuses i had like so much money coming in i like went to italy lived in italy for a little bit went and met my girl over there in italy believe it or not and uh that's all in the book and uh i even like took an uber to the airport i signed up the guy for lyft and like my plane ticket was like less than 500 dollars, and like i signed up a guy like that took me to the airport for like $650 bonus, signed him up, helped him get the bonus while I was in Italy and like made more than my plane ticket. You know what I mean? Right. So it was like really, really good for a while. I was doing like super good. And um, people were getting the Uber Eats bonuses while I was living in Italy. Uh, and, um, and then Uber called me in to their headquarters and they interviewed me on camera because I had like so many people, I signed up so many people and that's all in the book. And, uh, they just like interviewed me, like improvements to like, ask me about improvements to the app. Mm -hmm. And, um, they interviewed me on camp. Now keep in mind, I'm paralyzed. My neck is paralyzed. My head is paralyzed. It's all on camera. It's all in there in in Uber. They interviewed me. They didn't say anything. (laughs) And they just asked me all about the app. They paid me to like come in there and like, you know, ask me about the app. And then they were like, and when we were done, they were like, someone told me you had like a hundred people signed up for Uber. And I was like, oh, really? Because I had like three Uber accounts. I didn't even know. And I just thought I was like in trouble, you know? But yeah, so they were like asking me about that, but I just got away with it there. And then Lyft called me in there. And they, they wanted me to be a recruiter for Lyft. So in shockingly true Uber stories, you know, the whole thing is in there where like Lyft, Lyft had a plan where they were going to like sabotage Uber. So I went to like Lyft headquarters downtown LA and they called us in there. Like um, all these people who had like recruited a lot of people or like had like good ratings. And they asked us to become like recruiters for Lyft. And we were supposed to like, they gave, they were going to give us phones and Uber accounts 
And like, we were supposed to take like eight minute rides on Uber and like, you know, convince the Uber driver to sign up for Lyft. And we would get like $200 if they did 40 rides. And it was like this whole plan. Like, then you're supposed to like rate them one star if they already like, it was just this whole plan. It's all in there in the book. Right. Yeah. Don't don't give away too much. I yeah, mean, I don't want to give away too here, much. Here, but here, here all we are there. coming up near on the end. I want to make sure that we get a plug in on all this. So like where where can people find is first? Is there a imprint book or is it just ebooks? Yeah, it's ebook. It's it, I didn't do a print version. Okay. Yet. It's just on ebook and audiobook everywhere. You could get it. So everywhere. Amazon, like Amazon, Audible, okay. iTunes, Apple Books. Okay. Walmart, Kobo, you know, Google Play. You can listen to the audiobook anywhere. You can just listen to it. It's really fast, really fast, short stories, short, crazy stories. Mm-hmm. My whole story of driving without moving my head and being paralyzed. And um, you know, it's like it's crazy. It's sexual assaults, it's like you know, physical assaults. Right. And for those of you listening, that's the book is, I mean, it's it's like we've seen some of the other books that have come out. You know, it's yeah. people's take on the situation or whatnot. This is his this is his stories of of being on the road and with Uber and and you know, they yeah. They definitely border on the on the maybe not I don't want to say crazier side, but yeah, the the more true. extreme side of the extreme of, side. And during the days when a lot of us didn't have things figured out and there was exactly. even less support than there is now. Yeah. Um and they really used to even just tell us drivers on the phone, like, I don't know. I don't know was a common answer. Oddly, For sure. You know, you'd call and oh, like, yeah. you'd waste that time on the phone and then you'd get somebody and they'd be like, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I couldn't believe that was an answer that the company used to give. I mean, they could have come up with something like, listen, we're not supposed to give advice because you're an independent contractor. I can't yep. tell you what you should do. But they used to just say, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, a, I used to be just blown away with that because I was like this for a for a worldwide, um, you know, company that hadn't gone public yeah. yet, but that was fighting to do so. I was shocked that they were in, you know, most countries in the world. And yep. their support team's answer to most things was, I don't know. Oh, for sure. Because so many crazy things happened. And well, you they do just, try they, to you ask know, for if, help. If, but they also, if even if they knew they didn't know, because if they gave you an answer and you, and you, and you followed that answer and somehow you were killed or yeah. stabbed or shot or yep. whatever, you could then sue the company that did step outside the TOS to allow you to oh, sue yeah. them. So, they were told because I had that, that the situation. Support team exactly. was told, Don't give them answers. Yeah, but there's nothing they can do. It's what you said. You know, I mean, I was in there with like, you know, I mean, my craziest story is in there and I won't tell you the whole thing. But, you know, I was like had guns pulled on me. It had to do with drugs. I was trapped up there in the hills. Mulholland Drive. Gun pulled on me in a drug dealing situation. <laughs> Guy trying to sell drugs. Car chase. They ran us off the road. They pulled a gun on me. They pointed a gun at my face, you know, and like, yeah, what are the, what is, I can't call Uber support. What are they going to (laughs) do? They don't know. I mean, you you know, know, it's like, it's well, because I mean, I would still say to everybody, absolutely call Uber support because yeah, you you need to flag, you need to flag that you need to flag the user's account though. Because a they might find out find out the oh, yeah. the guy's phone was stolen and that wasn't even oh, the yeah. person or this was 
You know, I mean, there's something to be a lead there that it's you absolutely should call that in. Oh, for sure. You could try everything. Call everyone. Call. The right. Police, but I mean, like when know. a gun's pulled, that's a, you know, or a knife. Yeah, or any kind because of I had like threatening you know, situation. You know, that's that's different. You should absolutely call those. Yeah. In, every one of so them. I had guns, threats, right. you know, everything, you know, and like same thing with puking when that was the worst thing, you know, the puking in the car, yeah. like puking. And I was like, call support. They're like, yeah, sorry, this happened to you. It's like, man. Yeah. I mean, really, after you the first time you had that happen, though, like for me anyway, like after I had a puker any yeah. of the other ones to follow. Yeah which, you know, eventually I got good enough to weed them out or at least got. Yeah, lucky oh, for sure. But, yeah. But the few times it did happen, you know, it's like after you go through it once, you just know they just yep. want you to send the pictures. Yeah. Do this and that. So I wouldn't even call support because it's no, I, would just, I know I would just send an email and then I yep. just I'd mark it. I'd, I'd CC it to myself so that I had it stamped that I sent yeah. it. And then I'd, I'd attach the pictures because really all they wanted at the time was the pictures. Yeah, for sure. And pets. Yeah. Right. pets in there dogs in there and and just yeah just but again they don't care you're just on your own you have to take care of yourself you have to take care of your car but again you know i mean i was out there can't even move my head can't move my neck can't move my body right and that's why i think the that there really night. nothing more needs to be said if you're a driver yeah, out there on the road this is this is a book you'd probably be interested in because yeah because even that's the way i wrote it even if I did even if there wasn't that it was crazy enough you know it was crazy enough stories it was crazy enough in LA at night it was crazy sliding down the ice in the midwest keep in mind I drove on the ice in the snow without being able to move my head right. you know so just try moving try driving without moving your head i mean don't do it but try right. <laughs> you know what i mean but you know try doing uber and you're like strapped in and you can't move your head imagine that but, the, you know, the, the other craziness. side to that, too, that the people should hear is like, you know, like the other day, even um, what was it? I was uh, my friend, uh, Jason Teary, does a uh, podcast uh-huh. called yeah. the, the Gig Economy Podcast. Yeah. And he was, they were breaking down the video of the guy who didn't have um, arms or feet. Yeah, that was u- driving for Uber. So like oh, he, he, he said to everybody as they came in, do you have a problem with a guy who doesn't have arms or legs driving you? Wow. So, I wow. mean, that's a, that's a weird question to be asked as a pastor. <laughs> For sure. You know, that's because, amazing that you did that, though. Right. So, I mean, you know, he was like, you know, it was like to the elbow. Yeah. He just didn't have farther than that. So he was he had a steering wow, wheel really? drive with his elbow. Check that out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, on the that's last amazing. Economy podcast from last Wednesday. Oh, really? I got to hear that. Yeah. I got to listen find to it that. on YouTube. That's what I'm saying. The Gig Economy podcast. Okay. The most recent one. And uh yeah, he talked. He yeah, shows amazing. the video. He sh- actually shows the video during the podcast even. So. Really? Yeah, because yeah, the guys, the guys out. like videotaping it so that he can. It's like a TikTok yeah. video or something. Wow! But you, could, really? you see everything, and the one thing we couldn't see in the video was if if he had special pedals or not. You really yeah, couldn't see down there, but yeah. you could definitely see the arms and stuff. And he's like, you know, I'm a quadriplegic. I wow, that's cool. You know, do you, yeah, do you mind that I drive you? And like, you know, every everybody seemed pretty genuine too. They were all like, no, as long as you're comfortable, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, hey, you know, as long as the state recognize. So I guess my yeah. one tidbit there is that you know, don't think that because we're talking about you know you being paralyzed neck up yeah. or whatever that 
driving's out of the question because this guy was yeah for and sure and everything then they make exceptions if you can do what you're if you can drive no, you're right they'll make exceptions and say you can have a license yes yeah for sure oh but they well, just want to make sure you, you can do that so don't don't take this the yeah wrong for way sure when he's telling the story it just makes the story weirder <laughs> you know <laughs> you know <laughs> no that, it's that, cool that this it's was happening but so. it's true though it's true it's like you know i mean i feel I'm like a super safe driver you know and right i got i mean i still stand by my record you know just like you know right everyone getting there safe everything but you're right though that's crazy but it's true though and you know yeah no one had a that was the that was the thing everyone was super cool i mean no one even noticed which is the crazier part of the story right is that everyone's all well, over me i think everyone's doing, you know maybe like 10 people out of like thirteen thousand. We're like, hey, man, your neck's like a little stiff, you know? Right. Well, and that's what I was going to say, though. Like we've and I don't I know that to you, this, you know, it's not even in the realm of the kind of pain you're that you're really. Yeah. But yeah, everybody's had a stiff neck to the point where for for a few days you got to turn your whole body to turn. Exactly. So in their account, it could just be that kind of day for you. That's what exactly. They were like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so yeah, I mean, I've had drivers have you know disabilities i'm sure mm-hmm. that i just didn't ask about because yeah yeah exactly no one said anything which they seemed cool. to they, just... they 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 made me comfortable as long as you make me comfortable yeah, and exactly you know, if they so seemed how like I did something it. was wrong i wouldn't have got in but exactly you know no, that's what that's what happened i'm sure they noticed because they're right next to me you know right, right next to me right i was just you know keeping it cool like, oh you're a little stiff yeah that's cool you know or they wouldn't say anything like you said you know right exactly and so but, but if people want to track this down, it is shockingly mm. true Uber stories. I will put I will put a couple links up in the notes. I'll put yeah, the, that would I'll be put cool. Amazon. I'll Seems. put the iTunes, maybe Google. Yep. And then, but other than that, it sounds like you can go to any place any that you might e-book. get your eBooks or things of or this audio nature. Books. Right. Yeah. Wherever if you're not you a go, big reader, you could listen to the audiobook. You right. can go to you know Amazon audible itunes apple books google play audiobooks.com kobo you know walmart everything every place you can get an ebook any place you can get an audiobook it's shockingly true uber stories by w sage and my youtube is shocking uber stories shocking uber stories that's everything okay and that's my that's my website shockinguberstories.com okay where i post stuff and i post you know you can see I'm out there in the snow and the ice, icicle walls of icicles outside my door, and driving on the ice, driving in LA, and uh, yeah, you can see so all we'll the put, stuff we'll I put do. All, I'll put all these links in there because I think this is a good, Thanks, you know, man. this is a this is a you know, it, people driving around. Sometimes they, you know, they listen to my podcast, they listen to other things like that, and they're always looking for li- new things to listen to yeah, this is a driver's perspective. Cool. It's a different driver's take on a big city. So yeah, for sure. That's what know. I'm saying. That was what it was. It was, you know, that was why I wrote the book. Cause it was like, you know, so many interesting, crazy stories, so many interesting, you know, takes on like the ride share industry, but then also <laughs> I had, you know, right. an interesting take where I was like, you know, could it move my head? Exactly. So there was like you everything. Know. So I write the, I wrote the book where it was just like, you know, about how it was driving rideshare, but then I kind of like leave the stories were enough, but then a big shocking grand finale where it was like, oh, by the way, you know, I couldn't move my head through all this, you know. Well, it's been it's been a minute too, if I can, if that I can remember that a driver wrote a book, yeah, where a books come out 
yeah about from the driver's perspective I, there was a, yeah. a couple of years where a few came out like pretty sequential to each other but it's yeah. been a minute since i've seen that yeah, happen. Been, I, don't, I know they have them but it's just like their story and their i thing. mean there's been other That's books what, like Uberland yeah, and stuff sure. like that that came out the bigger books and things like that yeah but, this one i mean yeah this is different because you know again it's all the crazy stories in la all the crazy stories driving on ice but then like you know i have this perspective where <laughs> not only was it crazy not only was it wild but you know, I was driving, you know, without moving my head and it was, you know, all that, that experience. And then, yeah, I've been lucky because, you know, everyone's been having like a great, you know, everyone's been rating it five stars and on Goodreads and Amazon, everything, everyone's been enjoying it. So I've been lucky, you know, all right. it's been going well, really well. So I'm grateful, you know, well, make sure that at a, make sure to email me over all the links. Yeah, sure. So I can put your sure. website, well, your YouTube this. page. Yeah, your, thanks, your bro. Book links. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. And uh everybody out there should check it out. You know, it's uh it's yeah. what is it? It's three hours and thirty-one minutes. So yeah, it's short, it's short, fast, fast, fast stories. Sometimes stories are like a paragraph long. Right. Um, you know, three sentences long. And like the audiobook, you could listen, if you're not a big reader, you could listen to the audiobook. You can listen to it while you're driving Uber, driving mm-hmm. Lyft, or you know, delivering. And you'll be able to relate, you know, and also you know, trip out that like someone's doing it without even, you know, moving their head. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, maybe, thanks, maybe, maybe after, it, uh, you know, maybe after a little bit in the book digest with some people, maybe we'll have you back yeah. on after we get some questions about, about yeah, it. And see sure. what we, uh, if we can't do a follow up, like you know, I'm out here, you know, right. I'm out here in LA. I'm out here. I've done a delivering, doing all the gig stuff, but yeah for sure yeah i would love to come back man and talk to you and uh like i said i'm always posting stories on my website shockinuberstories.com and okay i'll post more videos on you know my youtube page shockinuberstories sounds good and, uh yeah for sure man but thanks for having me on steve i appreciate it bro and i'll be listening to your podcast still it's great you're like super informative i appreciate oh, thanks, you man. out there you know it's like really important for us drivers you know yeah I'd try and be <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Because I've really been enjoying your podcast, you know. Well, thank you. Um, and, yeah. and thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. Yeah, for that. sure. Thanks for having me, man. Sure. Be the man. But yeah, I'll email you the links and uh, we'll post it up there on YouTube. And uh, yeah. everyone can see, you know, on my YouTube page, you can see what I'm doing every day to just stay alive. <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, yeah, read the book, man. It's crazy. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe the story. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that'll be the incentive guys is that if you want to hear the stories, you're going to have to get, yeah, and books, share so. the story with everyone. That's all I ask. Just like right. drivers, just share the story with everyone that someone's doing this, share the story with everyone. Right. Go there, write a review. And uh, yeah, we didn't talk about reviews. There's some part in there about reviews, but. Well, reviews help you like prepare you for like Amazon, you know? Right. Whenever. And, uh, I know, like passengers can't believe they get reviewed. Well, I think our, I, I think us, I think our riders are pretty good. I mean, like if a, yeah. or a driver, if a driver picks up your book or listens to it, yeah. they can give you a good review. So that'd be cool. You know, cool with all drivers. So, yeah, I Shout mean, if you if you drivers. do pick up the book, make sure you go back to wherever you got it from and give them a review too. That'd be cool. Thanks, you know? Steve. You're the man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All well, right, bro. Thank you for coming well, on and sharing cold, your story. Man. And uh, again, it's shockingly true Uber stories. So take a look, look it up. Exactly. Go to w his website. Sage, You'll find this in the links. And, Grab and, that. Uh, all right.
Thanks, Walt. All right, Steve. Hang in there in the snow, man. I'm out yep. here in Santa Monica now by the <laughs> beach. Me and my girl out here. She's in a bikini. We're out here on the in Santa Monica. I All escaped right. the Midwest. But I like Colorado. It's great out there, man. Yep. I got married out there. And uh, my friends live out there in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Garden of the Gods. That's right. It's dope out there. I like Colorado a lot. Yeah, it's cool. But at least I'm not freezing anymore. <laughs> I'm tanning in the I'm tanning in the winter time. All right, my man. Have a good All one, right, bro. Thanks, thanks, Steve. You're the man. Mm-hmm. All right. So a little bit of a crazy story there, I know. Um, but we all like to hear these rideshare crazy stories, right? So if you're interested, um, I you know I've been in touch for with Walt for a little bit and. We were trying to find a date to get him on here on the show, and I was glad we were finally able to do that. We got a lot of shows coming up and a lot of stuff booked, so that I think through February, both Rideshare Rodeo as well as Rodeo Live Thursdays on YouTube are both completely booked out with amazing guests. Um, so watch for that. Uh, next week, we will have Pedro DoorDash Santiago. Um, and very much looking forward to having him on both the podcast as well as we will, we will be doing a live rare Monday live stream to do it. So if there's any Q and a or questions, but it's going to be a piece that all you should hear. Um, and especially delivery drivers, you're going to want to check this one out. Um, but we also have a display ride coming up, um, and the AB5 H1234 for Massachusetts piece with the all-star lineup. We've got a lot of good rodeo podcasts coming up and then a lot of great uh, Thursday, Rodeo Thursday Live as well. I'm sorry, Rideshare Rodeo podcast and then the Thursday Lives as well. Um, but that said, make sure you check out our notes on uh, Maximo uh, in the in the show notes. Get signed up for the Maximo apps, people. Check them out. Um, they are worth double phoning, you know, it's, it's worth having two phones to do these apps. Um, they can make you that much of a difference in your earnings where it can be night and day. And it's, you know, it's only going to accept rides you want. You're, you can tailor it right down to exactly what you're looking for. And, and more specifically, you can tailor out all the junk you don't want because each market's different. There might be, you know, long rides might not be your thing. Long rides might be your thing. It depends on where you are. It depends on how you how you drive, what you like, you know, what your car is, what gas mileage it gets, all kinds of factors like these. So check out Maximo. They are awesome. Um, check out Dumpling, another favorite of ours. And next week we will be having a episode on dumpling called in or it's i'm sorry this thursday sorry in just a few days on third on rodeo live on youtube we will have enough is enough instacart is going under the bus and uh, i got a couple great guests that are going to be in on that one and then um also check out curry their link is in the show notes and they have been a longtime friend of the rodeo so that's it for the week people go out there and uh Spin some good into this crazy world. And we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo. Peace.